0: Hi! Welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Myth Conceptions. It originally aired March 16th. 2022. Well, 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 well.
1: Greetings, Silver Liners.
2: Good
3: Uh, evening. We
1: are are back. We are creating beyond calculation, beyond politics, beyond the big two. (laughs) We welcome Silver Liners to the wonderful world of Wednesday. Wham, as always, we are joined by a healthy crew today. It's, uh, you know, it's not a full house, and it's not skeleton crew. This is our healthy crew. These these are our old standbys here. And I don't mean old like, you know, ancient, even though I am.
2: Um, we just don't have anything else to do. There's just nothing right. else we do. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, man. I just,
4: I just that's what we do, man. Everything. We love what we do.
1: All right. Well, well we're glad to have you, Rob. Uh, we've got Barb, the Empress of the Inks, Barb Kaelberg. For those of you who don't know her, you all know her. I mean, everybody knows Barb. Rob Davis, the paragon of pencils, the superior skeptic himself, Aaron Harumphreys, who tonight is going to break records on his criticism of some of these movies <laughs> yeah. and pop culture. I can feel, I can feel, so I can feel excitement building. Oh, so, it's gonna so be great. Need, we need a timer uh,
2: for him. We, and Aaron, yeah. you have ten seconds. And go, yeah. <laughs>
3: go,
1: go. Uh, we we have one of the wizards of wordplay tonight. We have uh, our favorite. Scott Wakefield, uh, your partner oh in crime, Rory, is otherwise engaged. You know, I think th- he's uh, writing a paper or something. I, you school know, I don't know. Nerd, nerd school. Nerd well, school. Yeah. school. I don't know. <laughs> but anywho, if you've read the title, uh, we are going to be talking about ancient myths and how they can be used not only as origins of some of the more famous characters, upcoming characters in comics, comic book worlds, but also how we can use them and how creators and aspiring creators can use them as great backdrops for their characters. You know, so much can be found in ancient myth and in history. And uh, the one that just pops into my mind off the top of my head, which is not a Silver Line character. We like to stay Silver Line focused for the first hour at least, but... Uh, the crow is very much connected to the raven character loosely, which is a Native American mythology. Thor obviously a Norse mythology, uh, Hercules Greek mythology. you know uh, you know I, I I'm leaning toward letting Aaron take off with this for a while because <laughs> your stuff your stuff seems very anchored in your own mythology, but My own, what kind yeah. of of ancient myths? like do you like to see as foundations and do you think it helps or hurts contemporary comics to be linked to such ancient myths as their grounding and their foundation help us out
4: i don't think it hurts it i mean i've always liked the norse mythologies like thor Mm -hmm. and when i learned about the actual read the actual mythologies in college and stuff uh but I mean, you know, a lot of them. I I always like. I think I've always been more into people that make up their own myths, like uh, uh-huh. like Lovecraft, um, Conan, uh, Lord of the yeah. Rings, you know, Cthulhu. that that sort of stuff, like Conan their O'Brien? own mythology. In uh, which one? Sorry, it's
2: Conan Conan O'Brien is
4: it? Yeah, Conan O'Brien. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. The yes. staring con. The staring <laughs> contest. <laughs>
1: which- we need to have that one day. <laughs> just like see who can crack up Aaron first. who can crack not up. Yeah, stare at me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no it's
4: it's go. funny. My uh, the, my comic, my mythology, my comic is is a little more based on like just that they're just a, an advanced civilization that just sure. They, I mean, the universe was dying. Uh, and I, I, I still go back. I didn't really say. It. I I would assume it was a it was a big collapse. Generally, I think the universe will end in a big freeze. That's just the conveying the popular consensus, but I think the big collapse is kind of a cool concept. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they escaped the fate of the universe. They were advanced enough to make their own universe and go into it, and that's mm-hmm. it. So they were gods of their own making and sort of like they created this new home where they can be in. That was mm-hmm. it. So there wasn't mm-hmm. any sort of mythology of like there was a universe and they created it. I mean, there was a reason why they did it. It wasn't just altruistic or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, mm mm-hmm. I think ones that have been overdone is I think Christian mythology has been overdone a little bit. Uh, just the devils and the angels, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, ones that I like to see more of is like, uh, yokai, uh, Shinto, you know, other like Japanese mythologies, things that I've never mm-hmm. seen before. I always like horror movies that are from other countries cause I've never seen their mm-hmm. myths or whatever. It's so foreign. So it actually is like mm-hmm. twice as scary, uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think miss hurt comics. I think it's it can kind of trap you. I think if there's a lot of stuff already f- written down for you, it can kind of curb or hinder your imagination a little bit. I think mm-hmm. it's funner to just start from scratch and make it up as you go along. Um, yeah, that's that's but that's personally what I enjoy doing more. Um, so yeah. yeah, but I do like what I, mean, I-, I do I do want to read Ragnarok, that Walter Simonson book. I, I, I've been. Mm-hmm. Meaning to get into that, so.
1: Well, I think I think you, you make a good point, and to be as original as possible. One thing I love yeah, about yeah. using foundational mythology is that uh, I believe a little bit in in uh, Campbell's idea of a, a shared uh, psychology among <laughs> multi-multicultures. So, um, for example, many cultures share the flood myth. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. so that can. That can bring a common psychology to readership across the world. So even though you may do um, destruction of the world like Ragnarok, which would lean toward Norse mythology, most mythologies have that world destruction myth. So it helps. The commonality helps communicate across uh, cultural barriers.
5: Almost every single culture across the world has got um, some kind of a god of war. Mm-hmm. And some kind of sure. a trickster, Loki-like character.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and you also have uh, similar things like we. Uh, the I'll use an example here, just in general. Um, werewolf myths have been around almost as long as vampire myths, and so on, and zombies. Yeah. And the skinwalker mm-hmm. is a Native American version. Again, yeah. comes to mind. Um, can anybody think of maybe? uh a literary example of the werewolf or skinwalker myth uh that i'm thinking of right now there is a literary example uh that you probably read when you were in in high school or maybe junior high
4: i'm i'm trying to think i mean there's the infamous the original sort of myth that it started from i think it was a french myth um, uh-huh and uh, beauty and the, was- the beast maybe no, this is an actual real story where they actually there was a real werewolf killing the animals. And I don't know. I mean, it, uh, one of the big modern day werewolf stories started from. I have to look it up. It's it's. I think it's part myth, part based in. I mean most myths are based on some form of reality
0: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
4: but I do remember um I think there's been a few werewolf movies that have actually really kind of stuck closely to more of that myth that somebody mm-hmm. was killing mm-hmm. these, these animals yeah, there's, a, a, there's a
2: what was that French movie it was made probably twenty years that's ago that's what I'm thinking of it it's was a a that, really it's I remember being really good and uh, really like kind of <sighs> cre- a good creep level the whole time like a good suspense, and everything's at night and by torchlight and that sort of stuff yeah it was um movie? Did it have it a
1: character was, with, a, with, a, with a tri-corner hat in it?
2: Yeah,
4: it had the character that had the, I think, I know what you're talking I think
1: Monica Belushi was in it. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. While you're hunting that down, yeah. I was thinking, actually, <laughs> of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. You know? yeah. Which, to yeah. me, yeah, is a type kind of, of werewolf fish. yeah. story, yeah.
1: story uh, in in the broad sense. Now, I'm not speaking, uh, you know, in terms of its That's its kind details. of
3: changeling or, mm-hmm. you know. Alter alter
1: ego, the Freudian Mm -hmm. id Mm -hmm. taking over. um, And that that sort of idea of the monster within that overwhelms the rational mind has been around for a long time. Um, And again, that's one reason I believe that our modern uh, comic book uh, Wolverine character uh, resonates so well even now, is it's basically a werewolf story. I think I mentioned that before. It's a it's a technical werewolf, but a werewolf story nonetheless. Um, Barb, share with us some of your thoughts on some of your favorite uh, heroes or villains based on myths and comic books. Uh,
5: well, my character Divinity in Silverline has yes it has healing powers, which is pretty universal. Across mm-hmm. any and every religion across the world, you have you have the stories of people who can mystically heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think I think I I I, I like the Superman myth. I mean we, that too is is a universal. I mean there was uh, Hercules, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and and a lot of people mix up the Roman and the Greek mythologies because they're a lot alike, but both of them have the, the strong man in it. And Mm -hmm. of course in the um, Norse mythology, Thor is very strong. Yes. But I think a lot of underserved mythology is the Asian mythologies. I really like the Asian
3: mythologies. I mean,
5: there's, I mean, there's so many different countries with so many different, um, yeah. Mythologies that uh, I would really love to explore more because we, mm-hmm. as a civilization, we seem to gravitate towards more Greek, Roman, uh, mm-hmm. Norse uh, mythology. Mm-hmm. That the uh, Native American and Asian mythologies are, I think, not explored as much that I, as I would like to see.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, but I yeah, I I'd like. like by the way, the name of that Go movie ahead. is Brotherhood of the Wolf.
2: Brotherhood of the Wolf. Ah, thank you. Correct. What year? What yeah. year is that, please?
4: Um, that is two thousand one.
3: Oh yeah, 20, Oh, yeah. wide away is twenty two. Twenty one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. it's
4: an older, but mm-hmm. that I think was based around that idea, the werewolf hunting, that French mm-hmm. myth. I mm-hmm. think it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one thing we we we're seeing more, um, in terms of Asian mythology with, um, the ghost like characters in the ring uh, capturing yeah. a lot of you know with the ring which led to the grudge and so on so a lot of their ghost stories have sort of become now more mainstream in, into our culture because of just how unique it was you know we 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 hadn't seen that particular water spirit um visualized like that in 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 our uh environment <coughs> uh, contemporary environment and and then the the way that that particular character was treated, you know, the, the sort of vengeful spirit that won't rest until it accomplishes what it needs to accomplish. Right. Um, and that particular look is it's very common in, in a Japanese horror. Um, yeah. And we see it aped a lot a lot well. of
4: japanese horror and also the fact that there's no happy ending. I, that's one of my big pet peeves about a lot of american horror movies is the sunrise uh-huh. happy. I like it better uh-huh. when it's like you can't escape it. It's, you know, it's more scary that way. Um yeah. the, I yeah. used to get a yeah. lot of asian uh mythology stuff through video games. You know when I was younger oh, a lot of the yeah. video
5: games in yeah.
4: Japan and so I would learn about them through that some through right. the manga I read but a lot through the video games sure. bring over because they would always use their monsters and myth monsters as enemies in the game and that's how you would just get used to mm-hmm. it that way.
1: One one thing I noticed about Asian mythology since we were heading down that road is um there are a lot of forest spirits and nature spirit mm-hmm. and earth spirit? spirit
4: That's that Shinto. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Shinto. Which mm-hmm. I I think mm-hmm. is it's I'm not even sure if it's a religion that's kind of taken seriously of that per se. Um how do you know it's more of like they still believe a, in it. It's almost kind of like go to Europe and people who believe in fairies. Do they take fairies like seriously? Or is it just more of like, no, there's fairies in woodland? Almost like the Fae. It's not taken right. as a religion the worship. It's just something that's a myth they believe in or don't. But it's not this huge, I don't know, impact on it. Because you can we, go, there's places in Japan, I think you can make prayers to Shinto spirits and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's levels. Just like there, there's mm-hmm. a gradient of faith level for every single one of these. And hierarchy. I would say a hierarchy and one of the most probably the middle of the bell curve mm-hmm. as far as belief would be folklore where people kind of go, yeah, that's part of our history. It's part of our culture. You know, we we keep, you know, gnomes and fairies and leprechauns and yeah. and the, na- the nature spirits of Asia and all that. They're around and they're sort of nodded to in pop culture and ancient culture. But right. nobody really thinks they work although it's fascinating to me that that being said the mythologies are always highly respected and even from Europe to Asia you'll see little temples on the road dedicated to the guardian of travel or in Europe a saint that protects travelers and you'll see little dedications and yeah. a little little temple and it's like well now nah, we really don't believe in it but we kind of do
0: but we, yeah. but we don't We're really. But case. we
5: kind of do. in case, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right, yeah. right.
1: So that's that's a it's 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 a very fascinating psychology. But again, that goes to my point that it underpins so much of our storytelling. And I think um, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Star Wars because we we could stay yeah. there too long. We- but. <laughs> the the idea yeah you know you know what i mean the idea of the yin yang of the light and the dark uh, of the force and then uh the inflection of that struggle through characters right. which is really all star wars is um it's very very much uh shinto uh buddhism uh mixed with a little bit of japanese samurai lore mixed with even a little bit of templar knight stuff i mean he just yeah. put all that in a blender And threw it together and and we got Jedi. But that being said, I think that's one reason that particular franchise is still so enduring and popular is because there's something about that mythology of the light and the dark inflected through action of human beings um, that people are, are drawn to. I mean, even you, Aaron. Even jaded people like you can go, ah, it's all. I've seen it before yeah. Even you look at it, and find, you can find something fascinating. And even if it's just the art of of what's being done. How, like, if you watched the uh, yeah. the Star Wars Visions material, where yeah, they actually had some anime, you know, artists, and they just gave the Japanese just free reign. They said, look have fun with the Star Wars stuff. And some of that stuff looks really cool. I don't know if you've seen it. but Yeah, it, it, looked, really it looked
4: really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Star Wars mythology, I mean, it's definitely... I mean, I see a lot of the teachings of the Jedi based in Taoism, which...
3: Sure, is, of I've course.
4: Been, I've been studying Taoism for 20 years, so, I mean, I see that right away. Um, yeah, That's yeah. not, uh, you know, a big deal. It's it's kind of a... It's almost weird, though, because they do have a mythology, but they're creatures. Myth, they don't have mythological creatures. They have aliens. So I think it's weird that... Because most of the mythologists have mythological creatures, but they just don't know those are aliens. We have the mythological creatures, but those are aliens, but we start the myth part and they combine them. Which I think I'm going to come better. back
1: to that in a moment, but because I want to talk about the Hindu mythology yeah. who has fantastic creatures in it. I want to come back to that, okay. but uh, I, I want to touch base with with Rob. Rob, uh-huh. what are your thoughts? You've, you've worked on, I know a lot of Star Trek, but um, what were your inspirations as far as like, Thor and the the idea that uh, Norse mythology could be successfully not just brought into Marvel uh, comic book continuity, but actually fused into a contemporary superhero team like uh, the Avengers. You know, Thor is an Avenger. Um,
3: you know, uh, explain well, to us how, that, I, I how think, that works. I think that's that's Jack Kirby at work there. Yeah, it uh, is. because he's the one that yeah, created. He's the one that created Thor, and you'll see it, You'll see themes in his work. You know, you've got the Eternals. You've got the mm-hmm. the Fourth World New Gods. Uh, he, I mean, he's always kind of looking into that, and uh, mm-hmm. he's. I, and I think it kind of gets back to what what mythology does for human beings. It helps mm-hmm. them explain the unexplainable. There you go. That's you know that that's what that's what mythology is all about. Is human beings trying to trying to figure out well why does this happen? You know mm-hmm. why does the mm-hmm. sun come up every day? It's mm-hmm. comfort. You know, that, that's a that's a, what is it? Yeah. Isn't it Apollo with his flaming chariot going across the sky? Yeah, it sky? is. Well, sure. Uh, so yeah. it's it's that's exactly what mythology is. Is just trying to explain. Now, some of it is actually just plain old tall tales. Stories uh-huh. told uh-huh. around the campfire to entertain board uh, tri- tribal members. You know, that's how, you know, Paul Bunyan, that's how he became. And, it, and those kinds of stories. And some of them grab hold and they become bigger and bigger and they get added on to. And you come up mm-hmm. with Heracles or Like a game Hercules. of telephone. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Came telephone. And Because and yeah, well, because fantastic. nothing was written down originally. They were told gr- the the stories that were the most popular. Oh, tell that one about Heracles again. So, and it would get mm-hmm. and it, a new storyteller would come along and he would go, Well, you know, I'm I'm going to make this story mine by adding this to that. So mm-hmm. it just kind of stuff starts getting stuck and and the good stuff stays and the other stuff falls away. And that's, you know, the stuff that really entertains and explains that sticks around and becomes mythology. And that, so that's you would, my
1: personal theory. That's that's an excellent theory. Would and, you say and, yeah. that that it's, it's mostly Kirby's deft talent at creating and blending epic godlike beings with human beings that made Thor work? With the Avengers. Yes, Was it really, mostly due to Kirby.
3: Yeah, because yeah, because the the Thor that Kirby created is very little has very little in common with the uh, with the Norse mythological Thor. Oh,
0: I yeah. mean, he's got the
3: same family, and but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the myths, he's got a big red beard and red hair, and sure. uh, it, uh, he's he's even more obnoxious than the movie Thor mm-hmm. is. The mm-hmm. movie Thor is uh, the MCU Thor is actually closer to the myth than the comic book one is he was he was an, always a bombastic uh uh braggart? for lack of a better word a butt yeah, a butt yeah. whoa yeah. You know, rob this family got... show <laughs> hey i could have used a, i could have used a different word and I, didn't Heine? I, yeah, I caught because i said he's it, kind I of I a bully. couple episodes ago but no, he's kind but of a he's kind of a bully and he's a, a jerk yeah, yeah he's that's, a bully braggart that's Perfect. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ex- that's, a, that's, that's exactly it, where I was trying to get to.
1: There, there's yeah. a, the counter. Yeah, the counterpart uh, to him, a little more humanized. Uh, Hercules in the Greek mythology is the same sort of personality. He doesn't have the same powers, but he has the same sort of personality as Thor. I've always thought those two would get along like on a bar hopping journey together. Right. Hercules yeah, and-, and Thor. Oh, how hilarious for Hercules them.
3: K- until Hercules kills his wife and goes crazy. And, and then he kinda, <laughs> yeah. then kinda then that kind of diverges it goes, from yeah, because we're just a little bit from Thor at that well, you know, point. But... You know how Greeks are, man.
1: We turn everything into a tragedy. Everybody dies. <laughs> it's all a tragedy. Everybody <laughs> dies,
3: right? Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, so I, w- I want to get to Scott. Now he's, he's chomping at the bit over there, I can tell. I'm loving it. Talk to us, man. What, uh, what, uh, what ancient mythologies have inspired you? What what ancient mythologies that, that have been uh, integrated into our contemporary comic book worlds have you thought worked? Maybe some of them that didn't work so well. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your so thoughts.
2: On I, I wanted to say, um, and Aaron was kind of going on this track a little with talking about uh, characters in video games and so forth. But uh, the mythology mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. ripe for the gleaning because um, a lot of these stories were just to, to warn you, don't wander off, don't go in the woods. Yeah, you know, yes, sure. And, yeah. and so we have all these these monsters out there that seem to that, that transcend cultures and because mm-hmm. we're scared of things that we don't understand. So shape changers. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. liked so I, I um lived in Southeast Alaska for three years and gleaned a little bit a lot of um, of the stories up there. And the one that I really liked was the legend of the the Kushtaka. And that oh, is a oh, is a shape I've changer. They're, they're otter people, and that mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not sure how far it goes. You know, it's a Pacific Northwest uh, legend. Is this uh, Inuit? Least, no, uh, it's I think it's a clingit, and that's spelled with T L I N G I T, cling clingit or clinkit. I've heard. Okay. It was, so I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, uh, it's, and they're otter people that can be otters or human or like an anthropomorphic. So there's uh, the you
3: know. lycanthropy again. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Same thing. See? And these, these, um, the, the, again, if I don't get the legend, right, I'm sorry. It, they would take the form of a loved one. And, um, if you were out on the water and they would call for help. And if you came to help them, they'd pull you in the water and then you'd become one of them. Uh, and so they, they're, they that skin changer, that shape changer legend has always that it's got that creepy element to it. And then, uh. All of the, um, all of the cryptids, those legends too, Sasquatch and that sort of stuff. All those they transcend. Mm-hmm. Every every culture has them. Every culture has these, and they're all. I don't know of many that are. Most of them are bad. <laughs> there's most of them yeah. are meant to harm you, uh, and um, few help you. And if they do help you, usually there's a catch. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's great for Ripple storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's great for storytelling because. You right. either you get helped, but you're now you're trapped. Now you've got something that I like in stories. I like the cascading problems. I love that. Like I love when the hero is when the hero just can't win, can't win, can't win, can't win. And as the reader or the viewer, you're screaming at them saying, stop, don't do it. Stop. Stop. Um, but because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this, this, this might be good in the short term or that you think this is going to help you, but like, how do sure. you not see what's going to go wrong? And so you, I like those, those, when they, when they put them in that jam, uh, like now I gotcha. And um, especially when it's a, it's an, I gotcha that maybe they can't talk about or they can't reveal. I, and that, that's, that's another thing that seems to transcend. They've got, they've, they've got you, you can't you can't ask for help. And so you, now you have a hero or or a protagonist that's stuck and their, their life just keeps getting worse. Uh, So that, that seems to be it's a theme. Um, It's not the broad sense of like your, your star Wars, you know, those, those big themes, but it's like that on the level of, of, of how the, the malevolence um, can pervade all those myths. Um, And then um, one that worked for me that I love um, Disney's Atlantis I loved mm. loved yeah. that. They took the Atlantis Good myth idea. and that um and put it right in the time the time frame that I the uh, world what 19 early 1900s that I love mm-hmm. that time frame. Yeah, I think it was 1920s steam. Yeah, right at the steampunk. It's a yeah, it's a great yeah. movie. So I thought they took that and and modernized it and made it. And that was that was a sleeper Disney movie. That's one of those yeah. ones that
3: I um, liked it but it 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 could have spawned it, it actually did spawn a sequel. Yeah. I think what well, didn't yeah. he have a Saturday morning yeah, cartoon for a short time. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it did very well. But it, but it was uh, it was an animated thing on on TV for a yeah. Little while. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I did
4: like that. You know, it's funny. I remember hearing had the research a lot, and I I can't remember if this is true or not. But a lot of mythological creatures also stem from people finding dinosaur bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, they is know, that. and they yeah. didn't know what they or, were finding.
2: Not to uh, steal, but Rory Rory chimed in here. Uh, asking how drag he well first he asked is the lady the lake a water spirit but then he's um he was asking if, how dragons fit into mythology and that's another thing that transcends the entire globe and yes uh, however you yeah. look at it like dragons um or dinosaurs we got our pangea yeah. and sure. um, the bones being everywhere um and it's oh, yeah. interesting we have all these you know every continent
5: yeah.
2: has these stories of these these leviathans these monsters mm-hmm. that were out there so um, and it's again, it's right for having a having something that everybody can immediately understand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Aaron, Aaron, but I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but for good storytelling, don't be lazy with it. Yeah, yeah. Not if That's you're gonna fun. glean, if you're gonna take this little kernel. From some mm-hmm. mythology or some other existing story, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about public domain stuff. Same thing. <laughs> All these myths are in the public domain. Uh, I think, right? Exactly. Yeah, they are. Exactly. I uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Or, I'm joking. It's the Greeks are right? Yeah. Another it's, thing it's,
5: that it's, seems okay. another thing that seems to be universal is the story of some type of siren.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, that's and something lure yeah. Men crows, and men. crows and ravens. Crows and ravens have are so similar in foxes are so mm-hmm. symbolic throughout yep. almost every culture. Uh, yep. And mm-hmm. most of them have transformative powers where the, where the crow or the raven will transform mm-hmm. into a human. Right. Yep. Uh,
1: that's I, I want to I briefly address uh, the question about the Lady of the Lake as a water spirit. You could interpret it that way. Um, a lot of Arthurian scholars interpret the Lady of the Lake as a member of the fae or the fairies. The Mm -hmm. fairies lived in an alternate dimension, not and and they weren't so much the fun fairies that we see in more of the juvenile cartoons. In the classic idea, much like the elves, the classical idea was they were tall and very thin, and they some were malevolent, some were neutral. Um, in the Lady of the Lakes case, uh, she was a member, uh, again, in, in many of the scholars' interpretation, she was a member of a tribe of beings lived in an underwater world. Some might connect it to the Atlantis myth as well. They actually forged magical weapons, one of which was Excalibur. So, um, again, you know, there was another world parallel to our world happening at the same time. And Excalibur was part of that magical world that Merlin helped orchestrate so that the proper king of England would wield Excalibur and bring, you know, peace, prosperity, and happily ever after to uh classical classical England. But um, that was just to address that. We we also got a, a Tommy saying good evening everyone. Everyone looking great. Hey Hi, thanks Tommy. Tommy. Looking good Miss too you. man. Come you. jump in whenever you want to jump in, dude. Um he also uh was this Royal Airship? Is that Rory That's by Rory. the way?
2: That's Rory. Rory says
1: Scott's pretty old. I don't know what that's about. When we were uh, talking
2: about, you said the old crew. ah, Yeah, Ah, you said that a while ago. My my bad for not Go back uh, to school. Do your
1: schoolwork. (laughs) All right, all right. Do your your schoolwork, darn (laughs) it. I wanted to get back to to epic creatures that I touched on earlier because I think this is important. Um, There's one thing about the Hindu mythology um, that very much brings in these... Uh, Almost, I think Cthulhu was borrowed a lot from this. There was this idea yeah. that there were these epic, giant, cosmic beings that were so big and so impressive and so scary or inspiring that they would just cause you to just, you know, turn away or go mad yeah. or run and hide. Uh, one of these, the scariest one that's been utilized by some of our pop culture material is Kali uh Kali was the uh uh destroyer the dark earth mother destroyer multiple and the idea in, yeah multiple arms yeah. skeleton yeah, uh, skulls yeah. okay. uh right, multiple right, right. tongues and just, wasn't she I mean, actually tor-
4: supposed to be like when was she the one that was to weave the world and weave the destruction and weave the creation or am I thinking of somebody else
1: uh, some attribute the weaving to her, but that there is another weaver That's right, I goddess. Okay? Go ahead, so I didn't mean interrupt. I um, like trying to interrupt. No, yeah. no, no problem. This, this is the goddess, uh, the equivalent, I should say, of the, the goddess of destruction, war, death. And it, it's very important to remember that in Hindu mythology, which eventually inflected itself into Buddhism, uh, Hindu mythology was really about applying... Deities to the cycle of life and death, to aging, to birth, to uh, tsunamis, hurricanes—you know, horrific disasters were attributed to Explaining these beings. Explaining
3: the unexplainable. Explaining yeah.
1: the unexplainable, exactly. And anyway, the the inflection of this ancient culture, the the uh, the the, Indi- the Hindu culture. They put so much imagination into creatures. They're fantastic. Everything from Kali to Indra. You've seen these visions of the giant white elephant. Yep. Indra was the king of all the gods, and he had this white elephant. And so they, they have elephants almost as a sacred, I believe it is a sacred animal, to them. Um, again, the, the imagination of that culture is fantastic. And, and again, it also has in common the same sort of... Open-minded expansion of visualization that the Egyptians did, where they would blend uh, human and animal uh, beings for their gods. Anubis, for example, a god of the dead, had a jackal's head. Bast, the goddess of cats, had had uh, of course a cat head, Uh, and then and on and on and on. Ra, the sun god, had the the head of a I believe it was a falcon. Was a
3: hawk? I think you're right. Was a hawk or falcon? Yep. Yeah,
1: hawk or falcon. So you had these these blended uh, anthropomorphic gods, and so it's fascinating to me. We go from those uh, inflections of explaining the unexplained to then. I think one reason we hyper focus on the Greco Roman stuff, Barb, that you touched on earlier, is for one reason. You know, most of our heritage here, primarily. Goes to that in many many cases the people who started doing comic books and so on. But another part of it is the humanization of the gods that the Greeks did, where they they made them petty and jealous and uh, they, they yes they gave them the same flaws as human beings, right? So they kept a pantheon up in Olympus that was just. As petty and backstabbing and mean spirited, or inspiring and loving and nurturing, as human beings can be, and so immediately there was an identification. It's much easier to identify with uh, Hera being angry at Zeus for sleeping with all these human women than it is to identify with you know a falcon-headed god or a jackal-headed god. You see what I mean? It's a little more, it's a little more accessible. It's not. Relatable. Not not so much good, good, bad, better or whatever. I'm not making those those comparisons. I'm just saying for for storytelling purposes, sometimes it's it's easier to connect uh, with with the more human gods. And then, of course, the Romans adopted and uh, changed the gods, you know, uh, to, and inflected them in their own way. You went from, uh, I believe, uh, Athena became Demeter, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Mars Hercules of-
5: became Hercules. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And I think so, they
4: kept most of the same myths. I'm not sure if the Romans, they just kind of stole the gods. They would do that all the time. They would come in and steal. Oh, yeah. Well,
3: steal yeah it's, that's what they did, man. That's what all the empires do. Yeah, like England and, and America that's stealing all the words to put into English.
5: You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, Christianity. everywhere. <laughs>
4: Christianity yeah. did the same yeah. thing. I mean there's no coincidence. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is on the winter solstice and you know. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They
5: conscripted yeah. the yule log and all the other Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and made it Christian instead.
4: I think I think Absolutely. that was my biggest I think a, I, maybe that's the thing why Christianity is, it's there's not enough cool creatures to fight.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Demons. <laughs> you know, like
4: like 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 yeah, different demons, creatures demons yeah there's just oh. demons i mean then, well there's the weird
2: revelation angels and stuff with the eyes uh, oh yeah there is all, all the eyes, eyes and the
1: <laughs> seraphim Gen and, uh,
2: and yeah. cherubim yeah, and all that you look really revelation
3: man there's some there's cool stuff, stuff in there, man. In there. yeah I just I've
4: like thought, wild creatures. I don't know, know
3: what that guy was smoking, but it was pretty. It was pretty good stuff. Know, I'll
5: tell I, you I what. I did a whole there... paper on that for confirmation when I was like twelve. I'm like, Dude. did you really? You
3: did it
2: on Revelation? Was that your show? Oh, <laughs> Revelation? Wow, wow that's <laughs> deep Arm. stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was. Wow, it was, uh, that's yeah. was
5: mind-bending and scary. I was like terrified. Yeah. Shout, out to much,
2: Shout out to Rory here. Rory just learned me something a couple weeks ago. Revelation. Rory? Okay. Uh Revelation was a late addition after the Council of Nicene. Uh, mm-hmm. because well, there weren't they weren't really sure they weren't sure enough what it meant. And so mm-hmm. uh when they codified like you know, the books that we're gonna okay, this is what we're gonna accept, uh they said um revelation we're gonna add next after we establish, okay, we got all this. And then mm-hmm. give, it was kind of like, we'll let Revelation come in. So people aren't like, wait, what, 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 what? <laughs> We're going to bring this yep. one in as, as the rest. So I didn't, I didn't know that. So uh, Rory, Interesting you Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. It that's, it almost That's what, that's it what it happens when you go to school, I guess.
3: Rory's a smarty pants. Have yep. I mean, you guys it yeah. it in the
4: Bible. Uh, heard of a book by Wayne Barlow called Inferno? Do you guys even know who Wayne Barlow is?
1: i'm be- not sure i don't know
4: uh, ed- educate us educate us <laughs> so, no no i just it's so wayne barlow he he was like a he's a naturalist painter but he decided he did a book called expedition where he would like do oil paintings of like aliens or whatever after uh-huh. that and and, and it, the book is just like this guy visiting his planet and then the paintings are fantastic he's just like in this he's a concept artist too he did another mm-hmm. book called inferno where he did his mm-hmm. own interpretation of going to hell and he did hell. his own interpretation of
3: hell. Sorry, but he... he did his own Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Okay, yeah. kind
4: of. Yeah, it was like, but it was supposed to be like he had in the book. He wrote it like he had been in contact with hell, and hell is a real place. It's not like this, almost like the biblical hell, but like he wrote it like, what if hell was a real place? How would it? Function like the generals and the creatures, but he would have yeah. like certain demons that would pose for him in his studio that he would paint and stuff. So he wrote it like he actually was visiting these places. Oh, that's um, that's hilarious! Yeah,
1: it's, that's, it's
4: that's if you look up just Wayne Barlow's Inferno and Google, okay, you see a lot of his paintings. The thing that's really kind of fascinating about that is he almost kind of in a way took hell mythology and rewrote mm-hmm. it like whatever is real. I made it like the, the scariest thing is like if you go if you go to hell as a human, you're turned into a brick. And you put in a house, you're still alive and completely conscious. You're just a brick for all eternity. I mean, just think how horrific <laughs> that would be. You're literally, you literally can sense everything is going on, but you can't move it. All do anything in
3: all, you're it. just another brick in the wall. Brick <laughs> in the wall.
4: They make it. And so, wow. yeah, it's, and like, even in that, they show a picture of like. Do we lose guns. everybody?
2: i'm here
3: scott
4: everybody it, it, back everybody back yeah
2: see what... you
1: started talking about this stuff and then we'll look cut at it, right just... we we'll get this like <laughs> disruption <laughs> from the other side like reaching in right it's like whoa hang on hang on um, no some, i get um... what you're saying there, there oh. are several books i have to recommend some books to you sometime on the hierarchy of inferno and hell yeah. as far as diabolical beings all the way down to all the demons so and so are, on I mean, and you know your your idea earth. that they're all kind of boring is uh-oh
4: i think it's more the fact like um i think more just like flipping
1: I think it's a little
3: you, bit dean, dean. You're, yeah
2: you're bleep bloop blap
3: yeah you're being a, yeah there you are you seem like yeah. you're in well no blip yeah. it again but anyway well, go ahead aaron back. you were saying oh no
4: i was saying there's not enough like Neutral type creatures, like in a lot of know. mythologies, you have like Pegasus other the type of creatures. Not necessarily evil; they're just these creatures that inhabit the earth. Like all the all the creatures are like in, of hell, are meant to destroy humanity. Like they're all evil, and so I, that's what I was saying. It's just not enough, like, and there's not enough of these creatures that are just like roaming the earth, doing their thing, and we run across them. They're in like another dimension. They're in hell. They're in heaven. That was cool about Greek mythology. Is I mean, they they really believed you can go see Pegasus in the stable. Like they believed all these creatures just existed around this, and that I thought was a lot of myth, you know, like Christianity. Modern mythologies don't really put that emphasis that they're supposed to be here all around. Well, don't know
3: it. That that de- that depends if you. It depends on what part of Christianity you're talking about, because we're well, talking yeah. about angel. You know, a, pr- a, pr- a protective angel uh, for for everyone. Everyone has their own angel that uh, that protects them. Uh, right. there's that there's that belief you know well no uh, i'm just saying so that yeah
4: but it's connected to humanity i mean like if you look at yokai and a lot of like the creatures like the kraken just lives in the ocean he doesn't really care about humanity or what happens he's just there does that does that kind of make more sense like it's not all connected to either the salvation or the destruction of humanity they're just these creatures that just inhabit our planet with us then there's that that sort of idea has kind of been lost with a lot of modern Religions and stuff, but I, I find kind of too bad. I know I kind of like that idea. So, but yeah, they, I they are I, supposed.
3: Yeah, I, I thought I had earlier was that there he's back.
4: Yeah. Uh, I'm back.
3: Was well, in say in a hundred years, a couple of hundred years. Yeah. Uh, what what kind of things that we have created now will be religions in the future? Ooh. I mean, in uh, in Nexus, there was a, there was this kind of running joke that that there was a, a a a religion based around elvis yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, mean, what, I would, what sort of you know i'm I'm wondering what in a couple of hundred years what what kind of things that we have created now just to tell interesting stories will turn into uh an actual mythology like superman superman you know, i uh, can there's, see there's, strange i think he's sounds... gonna be one
4: yeah if you're talking years from now i mean i've often thought like you know sometimes sort of it's always interesting to think like if, if, let's say, humanity all died or perished. If some sort of alien, another intelligent race came to our planet, what would they make of all of this stuff? I could, yeah, easily see yeah. them interpreting Walt Disney as some sort of god of pantheon. I mean, look oh, at all no, the I stories, animations, and myth.
5: They probably yeah. think mm-hmm. Stan Lee was writing the history of uh, the, of our yeah. world, yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, and, it's yeah. just and they, I mean, they I, I wouldn't, I would see like even McDonald's a symbol. Like, what would they make of that? Would it be just an eatery? Or it was like, well, it's everywhere. <laughs> Maybe this is some sort of, I mean, religious. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from a completely unknown point of view, you yeah. get all the stuff we take benign, it's like now the stuff's becoming Let's, mythological. Now we're getting
3: stuff. to the Galaxy Quest area. Those <laughs> sort of oh, little, yeah. yeah. People. Fun. Yeah. Fun <laughs> stuff, right?
1: Um, I've got a question for, for folks, if you guys can re- remember this. What popular video game includes the Japanese God of Thunder? You guys should know this. I don't play this, video this like... games. Uh well you would know because it was made into a movie as well. Japanese possibly. got a oh there's Japanese yes! yeah. ding 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 right. ding ding. So again, these these gods even like you were saying, like we don't get enough of the Asian stuff, but it is kind of there. there. You just kinda of look a little deeper you know, and and it pops you know, They got the, Go the design
4: of riding from. Do you know what was like the straight up influence of that? Was Talk big trouble me. in Little China? Yes! How uh, awesome uh, yeah. is that, they, right? They I love that, totally that,
1: that movie. Gosh! Yeah. Speaking of that movie, right, and this is going to segue into what I want to talk about a yeah. little bit later, but we'll go ahead and touch base on it now. I'm watching Spider-Man Far From Home. I mean, uh, No Way Home. Yes, I'm late, and you know. I get
4: this all confused. I, I, I know
1: he's not home.
2: Yet. <laughs> he's not home yet. <laughs>
1: he's not home yet. I guess <laughs> he's I know. not home. And and everybody's like, that's, "Oh my the, that's gosh!" That's the next
3: one yeah yes. he's not home. yeah
2: yet. he's not, he's not home yet. spider-man's not home <laughs> he's still not <laughs>
1: spider-man still not home and and uh, overall here, guys i mean i know it got great reviews greatly received the effects are great all this that and the other so far it is the most expensive sitcom i've ever watched in my life. <laughs> this thing is hilarious this thing is just spider-man is running around peter parker everybody knows he's spider-man and He's got to like put the genie back in the bottle, so he goes to Doctor Strange. He's like, "Dude, dude, seriously, you got to help me! Like, make everybody forget that Peter Parker's but by- oh, except for my girlfriend. Like, that duh, bug- she's that remember. part bugged me. So oh awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you and guys discuss this ahead of time? It's like my my Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. Make make sure she remembers. And my friend Ned too. And then he's like, "Oh, come on, dude. Seriously. you know." And so I'm going, "This this is so like this is just it's a jaunt. I mean, it's yeah, literally yeah. like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory." For two hundred million
3: dollars, I have crazy. really interest in seeing it. Okay. It's it's really
1: written. It's I guess it's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's it's if you take it as mood. a. Oh, I guess yeah, I have to be in it,
2: the
1: mood. Yeah, if you take it as a sort of a, 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 a lark, you know, kind of like, hey, let's just have fun for two hundred million. Well, what I, what for two hundred million, I, I want to see something more epic. A little bit for me. Well, but, I think what's know, the
4: disconnect with that? With a mm-hmm. lot of comic book. Fans who like Grobys is is now they're digging into the mythology of the movies. They've made this mythology through the movies, and they're playing on that instead of playing into the mythology okay. of the comics.
3: And That's so a if good you point. Grew up
4: with the movies, you're going to get more out of it. If you just grew up with the comics, you like those more. It's just well, not going to do anything that Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield in it.
3: So they're essentially yeah, yeah. doing what the comic books did. Yeah, what the Marvel comics did, and that was they they start eating their own young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe, no, you literally, it's true it's, I mean,
4: you literally, like it, When you watch this movie, I mean, there's a part of me It's like, yeah, it's kind of cool to celebrate brand other movies But it's also like, do you guys run out of ideas That you're basically yeah. serving yeah. other movies Pulling well, them, I mean
1: We call it fan service now, know. Aaron You know, it's yeah. all fan service yeah. you know, I It's call like, it oh look I call it lazy, same with same with me I call yeah. it executive you
4: know. ideas Because that, I mean, when you think of <laughs> yeah. these ideas I mean, you yeah. see writers, like, would this be a-? And the executives like you know, if we brought these other dudes back, we could have right. serious money. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's executive idea. It, right, 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 right. it, it works
1: right right. Yeah, it works. It does. It work. It, it does work. But again, then it is strictly strictly why, service. that's why that's yeah. why you have to sort of walk that line as a creator and decide, do I wanna just make money or do I want to do quality mm-hmm. stuff, right? I used to joke with friends of mine who were trying to break into the business and are, like, Oh, you know, I love so and so and He's making a lot of money in it. Oh, I love so-and-so. I'm not a big fan of his work. Well, he's making more money than you are. Yeah, I know, but, you know, so, and, then, and then finally what we got down to was, look, if you just want to make money, you could do porn, right, and just be rich, right? So yeah. you got to draw the line somewhere. It's like, okay, if that's what you want to do, go you for it. You got to get buddy. to
3: the bottom line. You, you got to get it. to the
1: bottom Point. What are you going to do? You know, you want to do something of quality that's memorable. You want to just make money. Well, hopefully all of us sort of fall at Silverline. We want to fall into that nice comfort zone where we want to do quality work and make money, right? Cuz you don't know you can walk and chew gum at the same time. But we can do both. We don't have to choose. Um the one thing I But I I combat. did think it was interesting that Spider-Man spent so much time nodding and winking and elbowing us and uh, hey, remember this guys? Remember mm-hmm. this? I'm like, "Okay, well, it's a nice reunion movie, I guess if that's that's what you want to do." I know. sure it's because
4: it's, it's, I mean they started bringing back stuff that I grew up as you know as a kid and like nostalgia yeah. and drone. Now they're bringing stuff that was made what in the early two thousands. Yeah. Man, I consider the early two thousands recent history, not even history. I mean, not anymore, more, man. Yeah, now it's nostalgia. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Now it's okay.
1: nostalgia art, man. Now we're like, we're the old guys going, hey, remember when like Lord of the Rings was at the movie theater? Oh, that, look at an old dude talking about those old Lord of the Rings movies. Oh man, know. you know, but. I, to me, they're like five years ago, right? And they're yeah, like twenty they're like,
4: years ago. Like I just remember them the other day <laughs> yeah. or whatever in the theater. <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: yeah, I yeah, know yeah. There's well, there's a lot of those, and I think they're going. They're gonna just lean more into it. I think that Doctor Strange, that multiplicity, mm-hmm. the multi-universe, mm-hmm. They're just gonna bring everything. Mm-hmm. I Even mean, DC's doing. Let's bring back Michael Keaton. It's like, look, people, I love Michael Keaton.
1: <laughs> let, let's just leave the guy alone. Let's,
4: you know, <laughs>
3: leave him alone. alone. Man, leave him. Alone. <laughs> like, dude, call I mean, in him. he'll do it. <laughs>
1: We always close with our favorite motto, we do. which is, make, my silver make, line. Mine, make mine. mine
3: silver line. Hey, I'm Alex Savio, and I just want to let you know, make mine silver line.
0: Thank you for listening to the Silver Line Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.